Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life & Legacy Advisory Group. We believe sound financial advice improves people's lives. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. We help business leaders attract and retain top talent. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, here with my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Al, the leaves are crunching away. You're well into hockey season. You're reading books. What else is going on in Al's life? You summed it up. We're at that time of year, right between Thanksgiving and Christmas, and it's hard to believe that we were starting to talk about Christmas, but days are getting shorter, nights are getting colder, winter's on its way. Yeah, what is it? Clocks go back, it's fall back, yeah. spring forward, yeah, so clocks are going yeah, back gonna soon. going to turn our so. clocks back in a couple of weeks, it'll be dark early. Yeah, not my favorite time of year when it's so dark so early, but hey, we'll uh, we'll get through it just like we always do. So. That's it. Al, I'm very excited about today's conversation and our guest because I'm going to say going on two years, I'd have to double check, but I met a fella in the States named Reed Rasmussen. Reed and his wife run a company called Fresh Bennies. And some of the best marketing, if you don't follow them on LinkedIn or social media, do yourself a favor. Their Friday posts are some of the best I've ever seen on the internet. They just, whoever their marketing person is, is just brilliant. But I was on a show that Reed was doing brokers in cars grabbing coffee. And it was just so much fun. And I've been addicted to his show since. We were the first Canadians that he had on the show. And through him, I met a couple of people. I met Eric Silverman, shout out to Eric, just one of the greatest guys that I've met in this industry. And I would say the same about Ed Lagonde, who's joining us today and just great, great, great people. So really excited to have Ed here and I'll get to I'll get through his uh, his bio. He's the vice president at Nielsen Benefits Group in Westlake, California. Ed's been named an EBA rising star, a benefits pro broker of the year, and a PAC, I'm assuming that stands for Pacific, Coast Business Times 40 Under 40. I mean, this guy does it all. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you so much, guys. I'm really excited to be here. You notice how we had you on the show and not Eric, you know, so <laughs> Eric and I have such a fun relationship. He he runs a great podcast as well. And Ed is his co-host. So they just do such a great job. I encourage you to you guys to check them out. So Ed, here we are. We do the same job. You're across the border in the US and here we are in Canada. So the employee benefits broker, super glamorous. Why and how did you get into this line of business, Ed? Because I have my own story, but I'd love to hear yours. Contrary to popular belief, I, I definitely went to school for it. I dreamed about it. It's a dream job, guys. I mean, of course. <laughs> right? No, I mean, very similar to what I would probably assume is 95% of our business or 95% of our industry fell into the job. You know, ultimately, I had, a, I had a, what I felt like was a budding career in soccer. And then just like so many other athletes out there, everything just kind of gets derailed when you're plagued with injuries. And that's exactly what happened to me in my case. And so I had to go back to using my brain again and, and figuring out what's next. Right. And at that point, all I knew was I wanted to be some type of businessman. I just knew I wanted to wear a suit and go into a really nice office. I didn't really know what that meant. 
And at the time, I just, you know, went to my counselor at UCLA. That's where I went to school and just asked around a little bit about, you know, tell me a little bit more about business and tell me a little bit more about where I can get into business management or something of that nature. And then got an interview at a company called Northwestern Mutual at the time and still didn't really know what I was doing (laughs) at the time as well. And ended up going the whole path of being a financial. It was actually a top 10 internship in the country. It was a wonderful program. I met a lot of amazing people and a lot of them I still actually keep in touch with even till today. But I realized that, you know, I was way too shy for this kind of business. I was way too, you know, in my own shell. And I felt really bad going to all my friends and family and asking them for referrals all the time. And keep in mind, when I was doing this career, we were going through an economic downturn. This was 2007 to 2009 time. And I'm and they're trying to sit across the table from people who are probably losing their jobs and ask them to buy a bunch of insurance, right? And so definitely it wasn't something that I felt that I, I could be really good at. There's a lot of amazing people doing it, just wasn't for me, right? And so I actually came on to the group side of the insurance business, purely to use it as a launching pad to get to medical device sales. So as I mentioned earlier, I've been in, you know, injury plagued in my career and, and I actually went through a pretty crazy surgery back in 2007 where I had metal rods put in both of my legs. And so I was always really intrigued with orthopedic surgery and things of that nature, but didn't want to go to medical school. Medical device sales was really intriguing to me, but you needed business to business sales experience. And that's what the group business would give me. So I used it as a platform to get there. Here I am 14 years later doing the same thing, right? So that's how I fell into this business. You know, I noticed a lot of people in our industry come from a background of competitive sport. And when you first mentioned that, I was going to ask you playing competitive sport on a team, what has that done, you know, to prepare you for business? But I'd also like to add to that, you know, that serious surgery where you've got those steel rods and you've obviously faced some pretty serious adversity. How have you used that in your business career? You know, playing sports, I think was something that taught me so many different things from my personal growth perspective, but also from a camaraderie perspective as well. And here's what I mean. I mean, soccer is what I I grew up playing my my whole life. My dad played it as well. And so it's been in our family and I still love the sport very much. So still my favorite sport. My son's playing it now, which is really fun to watch and, and be a part of. But ultimately you are not one on the field, right? You're one of 11 and then one of a greater sum at the end of the day. And, and the entire goal is to work together collectively as a unit towards an actual goal. I mean, we score on goals. So our goal is to score a goal, right? And defend our goal as well. And so you learn the camaraderie aspect and teaching your, holding people accountable, but also gaining trust and building that camaraderie year over year. So I believe a lot of that transitioned onto the business aspect too. No matter what company I was working for at the time, I worked for Adidas during college, as I mentioned, Northwestern Mutual, and now as a benefit advisor, I work with people on a day-to-day basis. And I'm fortunate right now to lead a, a wonderful team of individuals. And I learned along the way that as a leader, I, I was fortunate to captain some of my soccer teams growing up. And here I'm kind of captaining right now as well. And so you realize that your goal as the captain is to take care of your team because your team will take care of the goal and take care of your clients. Right. And so I learned a lot of that by playing soccer. And it it was something that I think resonated very soon in my career that you can't just burn people along the way. You've got to treat people with respect and treat people the way you want to be treated. And I learned that a lot through soccer. And as far as from the adversity aspect, I mean, that was tough. Here's the funny part. 
actually didn't want, even want to play college soccer, let alone professional soccer. It wasn't until things were going really well at UCLA that I said, wow, maybe I could actually do this. And so my mindset shifted from being an academic to an athlete. And so I just put all my eggs in that basket thinking, this is crazy. I need to believe in myself. I need to put all two feet in. I um, mean, when I realized that dream was fading away, I went into a, a pretty dark slump and trying to figure out what else could I really be good at? How can I channel what I've learned through soccer into the professional world? And it took a few years to kind of gain my rhythm. And that's probably why, honestly, that I didn't think I was as successful as I could have been maybe at Northwestern Mutual is figuring out who the heck I was, <laughs> honestly. And even my early years at my first firm, my first benefit advisory firm, one of the th identities that I had as a soccer player was I was unique. I got to be myself and I was celebrated for that. And so in turn, I was able to celebrate myself in that. So it gave me the confidence I needed to take care of my team, to take care of the goal. Unfortunately, it took me way too long to figure that out when I went into the professional world because I was just trying to be anything and everything at anyone else that was successful. I tried to copy their mannerisms. I tried to study everything they were doing to do it exactly like them. That doesn't come off as genuine, right? When you're trying to be other people. So I got to give it to my wife who also played soccer. And she reminded me of that, that connection from my soccer days and, and saying, you know, when you were feeling so like a baller on the soccer field, right? You walked out there and you said, Ed Ligon is the best guy that ever played this sport. And he are the best guy that's on the the field. And it's just the belief you have when you walk on the court. I mean, right, walk on the field and just like basketball players do it when they walk on the court, they believe they're the best player that's walked on the court, right? You need that confidence to succeed. She told me that. She kind of shook some life back into me, honestly. And that was game changing. And once I started realizing what I could bring to the table, the sky became the limit at that point. So yeah, I give a lot to her in that regard. Hopefully she's listening to this. <laughs> you have to get her to listen, make it a point. Yeah. You talked about a lot there, but I, I heard a few things that I kind of clued into, and that was use the word leadership, you know, captaining the team. Uh, you talked about some adversity. You talked about some of the things you had to change from the time you started out at Northwestern to where you are now. So can we dive into that a little bit? So tell us a little bit about what the ed of now is versus what the ed was like 13 years ago. Like, tell us what's changed. Everything. <laughs> I don't know what happened. specific. <laughs> no, obviously. <laughs> Ultimately, I found my why. You know, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan, and uh, he has his golden circle rule about starting with why, and then, of course, you figure out your how and your what. I think that that translates to both personal life and your professional life. I didn't know what my why was. Again, I was trying to copy a lot of what other people were doing that I felt subjectively were, were successful but that doesn't come off as, as too genuine. When I figured out what my why was, I had a story to tell. I realized that this was not the insurance business. This is the people business. I really like people. And therefore that is going to be part of my story where we have such an incredible opportunity in our role. You know, we sit and we work with employers on the second biggest line item expense. I mean, think about any other profession out there where you're sitting across the table or on the same side of the table, as I like to say it, with the CEO or the people operations department, CFO, to help them manage their second biggest line item expense that not only affects their bottom line, but literally every single employee and their family at the end of the day. Tell me any other profession that dives into that much impact, right? 
And so when I realized our impact, I said, we're not selling products. You know, we're selling ourselves, but we're selling a, a story. We're selling, you know, an opportunity to enhance the lives of every employee that we touch. And we have a far reaching impact with that because we work with employers who have multiples and multiples of employees. And so I believe a lot of what's changed is me removing trying to represent a logo, if you will. Like I wasn't necessarily representing my company anymore. I was representing what I could bring to the table. You're marketing yourself. You see a lot of people who are successful these days, they have their own personal brand within an organization. The organization doesn't sell, you sell. We're a people business at the end of the day. And so I think that that's huge. And I stopped trying to copy everyone that I thought would be successful. Ultimately, people want to do business with people they like, right? They want to buy from people they like. When you go out and try to buy a car or try to buy anything else that you may need in life, you want to enjoy that transaction or that experience. You want to give the business to the people that you enjoy. And so ultimately kind of figuring out exactly who I was and what I could bring to the table and then having confidence in that. Everything just changed from there. I started seeing a lot more wins, a lot more success and retention as well. And then, of course, a lot more comfort. When I went to bed at night, it just felt good that I could just be free, at least mentally. <laughs> I'll probably get it a little bit wrong when I say it here, but I just I was reading yesterday and I thought of it when you were talking about uh, in the people business. People don't care what you know until they know that you care, right? And that's our business when it comes right down to it, yours and mine and Robin's. It's so true. And I want to take a bit of a different direction because you and I have had, because we work together, obviously, when I have clients in the US, you're my first go-to, my phone calls. But we've talked about our businesses as well. And from one entrepreneur to another, I'm, I'm always curious about it. How do you generate new ideas or goals that you want to hit for your company, for yourself personally? Like, What's, what's your process? You've probably seen, you know, Eric and I do those Ted Lasso little deals. And they're um, great. They're really great. Yeah. Thank you. I, it's It's been a lot of fun. That show has so many nuggets in it. One of my favorites is one of his quotes where he says, be curious, not judgmental. I just feel like as an individual, as a professional, you always growing, never dying, basically, whether in business or in life. And so I have this passion and hunger to learn. And when I'm presented with a new idea, I want to learn about it, become as knowledgeable about it leverage our partnerships as well, like yourself, for example, because guess who becomes the beneficiary of that is our clients, right? I just talked about how impactful our role is. If I close off and think that everything we're doing is perfect, how do I know that's true? That's subjective, right? So ultimately, I'm still going to conferences. I have mentors as well. That is an, I, you know, something I wish I did a lot sooner. So just grab a mentor, find someone to be your mentor and you know, treat them to coffee, breakfast, give them gifts and just say, teach me everything. I mean, tell them about the roadmap to success right there. They've done it. So give me some of those nuggets. And I have a mentor now, I have a couple mentors actually, who help me understand how to learn as well and how to use my time efficiently. But I'm very much so open to new ideas. And, and of course you have to manage that, right? You can't just hear a new idea and implement it, hear a new idea and implement it. You've got to be strategic with it. But I just feel like if you're not growing, you're dying ultimately. So both, again, personally and professionally. I love that saying, and I'm going to steal it if you don't mind. But this is exactly why we get along so well, because both of our firms, although we're on different sides of the border, we're trying to grow those firms. We're trying to 
bring great things for our employees, do great things for our clients. And ultimately, and the end result, as you said, is the employee. And it's so important to have those people that you can bounce those ideas off of. You know, I find people like that can often see around corners that you can't see yet because they've just got more experience. You know, Al and I invested in coaching this year and it's one of the the greatest things that in, in my mind, I can't speak for Al, but I think, I think I know what his answer would be. They can see things that you don't necessarily see. And I said to Al, I came off one of the coaching sessions and I said, I just spoke for 50 minutes of that hour. And I just almost kind of answered my own questions. The coach just had little probing questions here and there. And I said, is that how it's supposed to work that I'm ultimately supposed to come up with the answer? And he kind of laughed and he, but he, that's part of the process, right? Having that person that you trust that you can be vulnerable in front of and share those ideas. And I love when you go through that process, because I've always said, if you ask yourself the right question, and maybe you have to ask it a number of different ways, your mind will give you the answer. And, you know, I think that's part of having that mentor, just those little nudges that can give you that spark of idea that say, ah, okay. And you'll, you know, you'll ultimately figure it out. So I love your answer. It's so funny you say that. That is incredibly timely just today in and of itself, only because I just met with a mentor of mine, actually, who kind of does exactly what you just mentioned from a coaching perspective. And it kind of turned into a little bit of a coaching session. And she ultimately said, a lot of people think that I'm just going to give them answers. All I am is the conduit to helping them find the answer that's already there. Exactly. Yeah, so true. You set me up perfectly for my next question, because in your last answer, you talked about the perspective that your ideas, um, you said you were very curious about things um, when it comes to learning. So tell me if you can, what is it you're most curious about and why? I'm curious, I guess, more globally about what is important to each individual and what makes them tick, what's important to them. And I think that's an important question for us to ask in our role, because like I mentioned earlier, this is such a people business and our whole ethos is to help employers become an employer of choice. And I believe how we can do that is by understanding the key values of the population, where they come from, from a demographic, a spiritual, a cultural perspective, find out what's really important to them so that we can ultimately find the right solutions that help bring out the culture of the organization and and ultimately bring more camaraderie across the place. And I mean, the best organizations out there that hit best places to work, you know, year in and year out are those who are successful at that. What we do for a living is employee benefits, right? I don't sling insurance all day. We help employers benefit employees. That's the whole idea. So I'm curious about that. And then going back to the last topic, as far as what I'm curious about, I just will never believe that what we're doing is the end all be all. I will never believe that I've learned everything that I can in this business. I can't remember the statistic about how much of our brain we actually tap into, but it's a shockingly low percentage, right? So that leads me to believe there's a lot more capacity in there. I want to believe, right? (laughs) That I'm actually utilizing. So To think that we are doing everything perfectly, are we doing our best? Absolutely. Are we doing everything perfectly? Never, right? Perfection is something that we can chase, but we'll never reach, but is ultimately what is driving that curiosity. You know, I sat on a call earlier today as well and hearing another benefit advocate, just like ourselves, doing things pretty differently than us in a different part of the country, of course, but it's incredibly successful. So I want to reach out to them immediately and say, what's working for you? Maybe I could do that in my market, or maybe I come across someone we can work on something together. I don't know. But I think that curiosity is one exciting. But again, you know, talking about who we serve at the end of the day, 
The whole idea is to benefit those employees, benefit those families who, especially on our side of the border, right? We're dealing with a, a healthcare system that is incredibly expensive. The average person can't afford a $500 surprise bill. The more we can do to increase that percentage, the more impact we can to have in that, that's something that's the driving force. So I feel like being curious is the best way to have growth. Now, I got to jump in there because you just spoke about someone in another market or another part of the country doing something that's very different from what you're doing and you wanting to reach out to that person. And, and it's similar to you know how we became connected because I was looking for partnerships out there, people that I could trust, because when I refer to someone, I want to be able to trust that they're going to do a great job. And after our initial meeting, I felt really good about that. And then subsequently, we're working on clients together and I feel even better about that. But why not just do it all yourself, Ed? I mean, you know, sure, someone might be having success, but sounds like you're having success too. Why would you entertain uh, partnerships? Ultimately, what's the saying where it's jack of all trades, master of none? Everyone has their own beliefs and, and some people want to be the jack of all trades. That is not the way, you know, I personally operate. And for me, in order for us to move this crazy cruise ship that we have of a healthcare system and to try to move it in the right direction, I am just one person. But as a collective unit, we can be very impactful. We can be loud, right? And so to do everything on my own would be impossible, but I also wouldn't be able to really drive the best value I could. I'd way rather have a fantastic partnership like I do with you. Why would I try to act like I'm perfect at the, the Canadian market, right? Same with the United Kingdom as well. Or how about some benefits in other countries? Why would I act like I'm perfect in 401k benefits? Employee benefits in our world is already so much to know. I would way rather be a specialist in my arena and build my arsenal of a team and then just leverage those partnerships. And collectively, we can be special, right? I don't need to be everything. I don't need to have the limelight on me. That doesn't help anybody. Again, that's my personal belief. Some people may feel differently, um, but I believe in partnerships. We share that. And, you know, I just got off the phone this morning with a client that's based in Canada, but obviously operations around the world. So I have a colleague like yourself out in the UK that why on earth would I try to do that myself when he's local, he has all the specialized knowledge. And ultimately, if you're doing the right thing for the client, everything else is going to take care of itself. There's a commission he's going to be paid out there. Good for you. You've done a great job and I can trust that you're going to look after the client. That makes me happy. You know, internally, Ed, for our own company, this is what we did back in 2005. When I first came into the industry, I was licensed to do life insurance and mutual funds and segregated funds and group insurance and pension plans. And I mean, you very quickly learn, as you said, you just can't do everything and do it really well. So we set up our firm. All I do is benefits. All Al does is on the estate planning side, our other partner does living benefits. And we're really good at what we do. And, and I think when we launched the company, Originally, we were a little bit nervous going to our clients saying, hey, I know you've been dealing with me on this part, but now we have someone who's really, really knowledgeable on that side that you're going to be dealing with. And I, I remember being nervous about clients not accepting that, but they welcomed it with open arms. They were very excited about knowing, hey, um, I still have my relationship with Al, but because Joe's really good on this piece, he's going to be doing the technical part. And they felt really good about that. So 
I'm with you. I love the partnerships and I really do value our partnership together. And I really look forward to working together again. So I think that's a great spot to wrap it up. Thank you for joining us today. And thank you for sharing your journey and your story. I love what you talked about adversity and being a member of a team. I think there's so much value there. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Nielsen Benefits Group? Absolutely. Our website, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. If you're a big fan of Ted Lasso, my buddy Eric and I are doing a bunch of funny little videos with regards to that and how it relates to the benefits world. So watch one of those, hit us up or check out this podcast. Definitely, definitely. Well, that does it for today's episode. I really enjoyed this conversation. As always, I hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. Thank you.